0: Welcome to the Addiction Solution Podcast. I'm Michelle Dunbar, Stephen Slate, Mark Sharon, and I will be talking today about how people fully break free from the addiction, treatment and recovery trap. We are the co-authors of the Freedom Model for Addictions, Escape the Treatment and Recovery Trap and the Freedom Model for the Family. The Freedom Model offers a completely different approach to addiction and one that is truly individual centered. We offer two ways to learn the Freedom Model in private one on one classes and that is at our beautiful private St. Jude retreat and through our At Home Freedom Model private instruction program, which we do via video conference. You can get information about our retreat at soberforever.net and about the At Home Freedom Model private instruction program at leaveaddictionbehind.com and thefreedommodel.org. So today, what we wanna do is we wanna define for you what it means to escape the addiction and recovery trap and move on with your life. What it means to be free. Um, because I think there's a misunderstanding out there about what we do.
1: Yeah. Well, what we do is we help to show people that addiction and recovery are constructs uh, that limit your thinking and limit... And and really, they, they structure the way that you perceive your desire for drugs and your behavior and your struggles quitting. So we... Kind of pull back the curtain on all of that. And then the point is that what you're left with is I'm doing this because I think I need it to be happy. That's really boiled down, right? That includes relief and whatever else, right? But I'm doing this because I believe I need it to feel good, to be happy. Is that really true? And we, we provide information about that about the supposed benefits of using and and if not if 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 it's not really making me as happy as I could be is it what I still want to do right you know and, and and then no i have better options in life i can spend my time you know i can relax without drugs i can have fun without drugs what you know whatever it is okay well let me move on and do that. And once the realization is in place, you test the waters, you're going without drugs or without drinking, and you're feeling like, oh, wait, actually it is better, then boom, you've moved on. Unless you walk around thinking something could trigger me to use. And that's, that's really the trap part. Of that's it. the trap, so, right? So you have yeah. to really understand that part. And the other part is, or if you walk around thinking about the the activities you're doing now in your life as distractions from drugs, right? Because, oh, I'm vulnerable. And, you know, but that's all the trap, right? If you really do Mm -hmm. understand the trap and understand that it's all a construct, then you just press forward and you live your life. And if unhappiness comes... Then you address whatever's making you unhappy, but not because you're going to fall back into addiction, but because you've moved on and you're living your life. That's right. And you just go from thing to thing as you would in life. You just you just live. And that is such a hard concept to get at the beginning that, right. that there's a, that you can cross a point where addiction is just not an issue. It's not a
2: fear, any of that. I think that the, where the trap is most insidious, though, that keeps people from moving on. Right? <clears throat> when we talk to people, and we we uh, um, we talk about it not, you know, addiction not being a disease or some of the fundamentals, people readily agree. Right? Um, and they even get that you know they they might be able to move on from addiction. But then there's a strange thing that happens, and the insidious part of the trap is the recovery part. Yes. Because there's, there's a weird thing that happens if, if you debunk the disease, which we do, and you basically show that addiction is a construct, it's a set of beliefs that you don't have to adhere to, that you can change. Mm-hmm. Um, then people say they still need recovery. And that's because nobody has challenged recovery until now. Right. I think we're the first to, to say that you don't need recovery. I'm not sure anybody has ever really addressed that. I'm going to say that Jack Trimpey did. But I think... In some didn't of it, his writings. But didn't it kind of wrap back into that as time went on?
1: Well, no. But he has a construct that... I think we all disagree with, which is that you have this beast or yes. lizard, okay. or so, lizard so brain lizard and you brain. Yeah. you have to recognize it as such. So you still get this like construct of addiction in a way that there's this thing pushing you. But as far as like meetings and being, you know, thinking, oh, I got to make sure yeah. I don't get yeah, triggered no, or true. stressed that's out. True. He kind of debunked all that crap. The, um,
2: but I think that that, what I meant by wrapped back into it is that people now use rational recovery as a mode of of recovery. Yeah, okay. I mean it's got recovery in, in the, the name, in the title, yeah. right? Yeah. So you're a recovered
1: addict in that sense with so rational you, recovery.
2: So you once again define yourself by what you used to do. So yeah. that that's really what I meant. So, so and I, look at I think what he I think he was a pioneer. I think yeah, he was absolutely. he was on the right track and he he understood a lot of what we talk about. But I think that you have to be sort of unequivocal about it. Unequivocal about it. You have to say either you yeah. need recovery or you don't need yeah.
1: recovery. Well, he didn't. He ultimately didn't end up going all the way. Right. right. With it. Which, which right? is most which of the people is we're the first ones to really go all the way. Right. Like right. Th- I think that's
0: that was that's more to my
2: point. Clear. Yeah. yeah.
0: I mean, I think I can, I want to define it based on my personal experience and, and what it, what recovery did for me, what being in AA and all that did for me was it left this little, it it left this tie to my past, to something that I wasn't doing anymore. This, it, it had, you had this underlying fear, you know, that if you, if you, if something goes terribly wrong that, and I would ask, I would ask my sponsor, I'd be like, so what's going to happen to make me drink again? What's going to happen? And, mm-hmm. and she would say, you you just never know what it's going to be, <laughs> you know? I mean, and, and the whole, and I kept trying to, to figure it out. And I eventually usually, probably within about a year, I was like, okay, so this is crap. Yeah. Like, yeah. like I, I knew that, that there was a, that it wasn't, reality that something was just gonna happen to me and all of a sudden I'd find myself at a bar yeah but- so
1: that's this is a good point to really clarify for people who are listening maybe for a loved one yeah right like you hear recovery and you think it means well quitting drugs and whatever yep. you know you think it just means that but it means what Michelle just said which is that you're living with a a fear you, you've got this identity that I'm a recovering addict and the addiction might jump up and bite me on the nose at any point. And of course, you know, that fear yeah. kind of makes it true. And it also gives people a convenient reason to go off the deep end again. Yes. Or, or excuse, really, at any given moment. You know, like they can, you know, for example, get mad at a family member. Sure. At, a, at a parent or spouse. And be like, fuck you, I'm drinking. And they, yeah. it can be justified in their mind that they were triggered. And they've got this addiction. And their spouse or their parent just doesn't know how tough it is. And they've triggered them exactly. into it. Yeah, And a whole, you know, like, so recovery is this whole, we, we call it the flip side of of the, the same, coin of, yeah. it, of
2: addiction. It's living with the same mentality. Well, and let me talk about that mentality. It. It create, the, the existence of recovery in your life <clears throat> is an example of the specialness of this mm. habit, right? It makes the habit of drinking and drugging special and different than any other habit that right. you've had. Yeah. You know, I don't need, if I have a preference change from um, driving a Camaro to a Jeep and going off-roading, for instance, even though I had a whole collection of, of Camaros... I don't go to meetings to make that
1: switch yeah right i, I didn't exactly. have to
2: i didn't ha- there was nothing spe- i just made the switch and i changed my life and my preferences and then when i switched to motorcycles maybe yeah um i didn't need meetings for that and it, and that's what i just described is moving on yeah is yes. the seamless looking forward at various options in my life Picking one that seems the best and moving on without looking backwards. So what recovery does is it makes you look backwards constantly. Yes. That's a great point. The whole point is that Mm -hmm. I must uh, define my future, my present, my future by talking about what I did 5, 10, 20, 30 years ago. Some people are going to meetings for 30 years. Why? Why? Because it's special. You yeah,
0: there's, there's there's something something inherently different about drinking alcohol or, or doing cocaine or heroin and that, that is
2: that
0: is Yeah. The, yeah, that, that hooks you. Yeah. Yes.
1: And now this is where I'm gonna jump back to rational recovery and trimpy is one of the big flaws in that, is that it's abstinence only. Right. You know, so it still retains this you're different from the average person. Right. There's specialness there. You yep. know like yep. the the you have to abstain and so that keeps th- that that instills an identity yep. in you and it keeps this idea of you have to be recovered.
2: That's right.
1: You know, the 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 rest of your life is defined as recovered. Now you can be perfectly happy not drinking anymore. Why is that recovered from a disease? Why can't it just be, I'm happier never drinking? Again? <laughs> right,
0: right. I prefer yeah. like, not drinking. <laughs> I have
1: not had heroin in 18 years, and I'm delighted by it. <laughs> yes. I, I, I feel no loss. I don't sit here trying to not use heroin. Yeah. I'm not afraid of heroin. It just is the thing that I used to do that I don't do anymore. Yeah, and I'm happier with my life now than when I was doing it, right? And then so, moving on is is you have to know that that's a possibility, like that this doesn't have to be a sacrifice when you change one of these habits.
2: Well, it becomes a sacrifice only when other people teach you that you'll always, always, always crave.
0: Right, you always want it.
2: That it's special. Yeah. Right? I'm not going to always crave Camaros. <laughs> right? Yeah. right? Or whatever the object, the shiny object in my life is at one time or another. Even even the love, your first love of your life yeah. doesn't necessarily end up being the person you marry. And that's probably the most powerful like desire that yeah. humans mm-hmm. go through is is that first love or whatever love in your life, right? So you have you have this this object and then and then it changes and then you move on to another love and maybe another love and then you finally get married and you look back at your yeah. first love and you're like what was i thinking well yeah exactly that that's even...
1: happened to me several times uh, th- course, with old too. girlfriends tracking me down on facebook and they're like oh god thank god I... <laughs>
0: <laughs> well <And> then... <laughs> but that happens in, even in marriages too i mean you 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 marry the love of your life and you're together for a period of time, and then your preference changes, things change. And that's why I, I talk about, when I'm working with people, I talk about substance use being like a relationship. You build really this relationship is. with the substance, and there is, most relationships don't last a lifetime.
2: Right. I no.
0: mean, they just don't. Yeah. And so it's it's the natural course of things to change your preferences. Now here's
2: what's interesting because you bring a great up point. Yeah, it yeah. is. You bring up relationship and what is it that people say when you have a relationship that goes south? I had to move on. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And yes. the way you move, time on, to move on that yeah. is another great point. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah, I yeah. had to move on. People I had to do, move on. Uh, they
2: absolutely say that. <laughs> and when do you become happy or fully changed from the relationship that was disenchanting and and not good for you is when you find the new one. Or you have fully moved on to something else. Yeah. Just a different style of life. or, Or you've forgotten... You have a, a series of days after that horrendous breakup that you're not thinking about the breakup anymore. Yeah. Right. You're That's not, the and point. you're not having
1: fights today. Yeah. You realize that, and you're just living your life and you're alone. I've, I've been alone for uh, three years, three or four years between yeah.
2: some relationships. Me too. Me too. Four Maybe years. even longer
1: than that. And um, and there was no lack. Like, yeah, just know. being being alone was fine i was and, alone
2: for four years and
1: yeah that is the thing i also relate to abstinence people think like well you you got to replace what you're doing with the drugs with something else or if you you know you all right i'll quit drugs but i gotta hold on to alcohol and it's actually no well, no you don't like there be, it's it's equivalent to being alone and some people are alone for their life and not in a bad way that's right they just that's like right. better to not have to answer to anybody and right. to to make their own decisions and not to be responsible or, or to pause, potentially hurt anybody. They just like living on their own. And and it can be this way with drugs and alcohol where it's just like, yeah, it's, I just like not having that be a factor in my life. It doesn't, yeah. you know. Yeah, and you can even say, I get that it's somewhat fun, but it's also like, it's also more trouble than it's worth. Yeah, I and think,
2: I think that, that if I was to define in a way moving on, it's this idea of not looking back. Because when you, when you're trying to distract yourself from something you still want, Mm -hmm. that means by definition that you still want the object in your life. It's like, I have to go out on a date to not think about my old girlfriend, right? And then the the date you're on is just terrible because you're thinking about your girlfriend, right? Or whatever it might be when you're a teenager, in your 20s, whatever. And And uh, But when you really move on, like you talked about, I was alone for four years. For that four years, I wasn't dwelling on the past, certainly. I was thinking about building a company, really becoming successful in my life. And I didn't want the distraction of a woman in my life. Yeah. I just didn't. Did you, did you go to meetings to. Uh... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> was there special meetings? Special for me?
0: support group meetings to help you with the breakup.
2: And... <laughs> how yeah. many, you got to wonder how many people are in meetings that just want to move on.
0: Yeah. I know. Oh, right? a lot of
2: people. Right. They're, and they're saying to themselves, quiet. Now, here's the deal I grew up in treatment, so I thought it was mandatory.
0: Yeah, right. I thought
2: that there was that my problem was special, and it
0: lasted forever. You had to go to meetings every day. Yeah, forever.
2: And I was fully integrated into that model, mm-hmm. but even with that, yeah. deep down I inside, I was thinking this is bizarre. Yeah, <laughs> but this I, makes no sense. But yeah, there's so many <laughs> <contradictories>, <laughs> ca- contradictions, contradictions, and and problems with this. So. I I think I wanted to move on. And then when I finally was like, I just can't listen to this bullshit anymore, I was I was free.
1: Yeah. You know, and I
2: I got to move on. I wonder how many people are out there in the audience right now who are saying to themselves, I I just want to move on. I just want permission to move on. Well I'm giving it to you. (laughs) Go. Leave and just don't don't do meetings and and move on. Look at and moving
0: on doesn't necessarily mean I I think some people well we had a, a comment the other day. I think some people think it that it means you have to moderate or it, no, it doesn't mean any of those things. It just means you're not tied to your past behaviors anymore. It means that you to be free means I, I'm free to be abstinent because that's what I prefer. I'm free to to moderate because I once in a while I enjoy a couple drinks I, or or quite frankly, I'm going to go back to have use because it's something I love to do.
2: The point is you're not substance use centered. Yes. where your your whole thinking isn't geared towards substances, the lack of them, the moderating of them. Yeah. Now now, now <laughs> yeah. Fr- directing your life based on your substance. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, when that whole construct sort of gets removed. Now, li- listen. If you're like me where you grew up in a treatment-centered world, it takes the freedom model to undo that. <sighs> okay? So I get there are people out there that don't believe they can move on. Yeah that really feel they they that's need recovery, scary. right? And for those people, I suggest you read the book, you study it, and you get through that, and you deconstruct this monster that's in your life. Um, because once once you deconstruct it, you realize it's a straw man, you can move on with your life, and you're free. Um, but that's important. So there's, there's different styles of people out there with different problems.
1: Yeah. So I think um, one of the things... That that um, that comes in is just why I, I I think about why some people have such a trouble quitting, and people who have it together in many other ways. Yes, and it they can't.
0: They're successful. They're successful, in, they're a lot successful of this. in
1: this and that. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes they can't imagine moving on. Right. They 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 literally can't imagine any other way of being happy mm-hmm. mm. in their life. I think that that is the missing ingredient for so many people who struggle continuously. And that that brings up an issue of do you want to move on or not? Yeah. <laughs> look, look at y- Oh, yeah. yeah. That's a good question.
2: Yeah. I know. That, look at there's. If you go to an AA meeting, there's a, a class within that, within the cult that is the guru. Yes. And the, the guru, they may be relapsing, quote unquote, um, but they stick around because they want the specialness of that problem in their life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They want recovery in their life, but you're talking also about. I'm talking about
1: people who act, can't even
2: maintain some abs. Right. Then you have the people that that are the chronic relapser, yeah. right? If we're going to label them. Mm-hmm. And those people, whether labeled or not, are sitting there going, I think I want this to be a part of my life forever. I've, I've had students that were coerced by their families and they're a rare breed, but but the, it happens where they look at me and they go, there's no way in hell I'm stopping. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. Like, it's going to kill me. Yeah. I've had probably five to ten students in the last 30 years that looked me square in the eye and they died. They yes. died from it. Uh, within a few years, they were dead. Um, because they they said to me, I like it more than I like anything else. and I don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. This is what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. And it was heartbreaking. But that... I'm, I'm thinking of like a crushed spirit type.
0: Yes, that's given up.
1: And, you know, I, I hate to say things like that because then we think, oh, something bad happened to that person and they're incapable. And, and I don't think there's an inability But I think there's a point where people give up on life. and that's that's a tough one. And we say that they're addicted to alcohol or they're addicted to drugs. But I think the fact is they envision no brighter future whatsoever. So this is what they settle for. Mm, Yes. You know, know, and and so I know I'm going off of where we started. No, no, this is a conversation. But I think then the issue with that person you know and then they get into systems of help and the issue is all about the alcohol and how to avoid craving alcohol but like the issue is they can't imagine going forward
0: that's it's
1: it's not they would drop alcohol in a second If 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 they thought at all like they had a they had some bright future. Yes. Or that they were capable that of was creating what happened to my a
0: grandfather. bright
2: future. That is what happened to your grandfather.
0: Yeah. I mean, he, he went through 30 years of treatment. He was, and in it, he was told that he, you know, he was, had PTSD from being in World War II, and he had this alcohol problem, this severe yeah. alcohol problem. And for the for a few years, four years, he lived with us. He took care of my sister and brother and I, and, while my parents were working and stuff, and he was sober. He was fine. Um, We left. We moved away. He didn't have us in his life anymore. He went back to drinking heavily, and within five years he was dead.
2: Those Those are the worst cases, the saddest situations, because you watch that a certain way of life beats somebody. Yeah. You know, because they just can't see taking the risk of moving on well and he was convinced
0: he was convinced that alcohol would kill him yeah because he's he was the irish good irishman and alcoholism was rampant in his family Yeah. and so so he he believed in his heart of hearts that well i'm an alcoholic of the worst variety and it's going to kill me
2: i had a student and steve you'll remember this so will you michelle that he was like you know i just like to sit in my easy chair down by the lake and that's what I like to do I, I don't have any reason to change and and he had all, yeah. an infinite number of reasons to change he had plenty of money he had past success his home was paid for he could have gone to Italy and gone on a tour he could have went on a safari he could have done <laughs> he could have done anything yeah. and yeah. and here's what's interesting about that demographic and it, whether it's a woman or a man, they tend to be older mm-hmm. and it's almost like they see the end of life even though it could be 20 years right and they say ah, it's just not worth it yeah it's just it's not, not worth, worth it. the effort
0: anymore yeah
2: and and i i don't know if it's because they had been drinking for 40 years sometimes right and this is just the devil they know And it is what they've decided, but boy, they are like an immovable object. They are like a boulder you're trying to move, you know? You try to crack through and you're like, No, there's so many great things you could you could experience, but they don't want to. Yeah. You know,
0: they've just done and so the
1: the the quitting and changing this habit is it requires some imagination. Yeah, effort. And some people aren't willing to go there. Yep. And um you know can you help them? can you make them go there? I mean not really. you can no. only offer up ideas and
2: they try to get their wheels turning or they don't try but and here's the good news is that most do try yeah I I, I I don't want this to be all doom and gloom for the <laughs> for the audience out there because but but I mean, it's, there's a there's a reality. I, I think what we're speaking to is both situations. Yeah. I'd like to see the immovable person to say to themselves in the audience, I, I believe that you can change. It's, yeah. There's The options exist, no matter how shitty your life is. I mean, I was at a spot in my life at 19, 18 years old where I did not believe that I could have a good life.
0: Yeah, I didn't either.
2: Because I never had a really good life. So I had no experience that said, yeah. you can be successful, happy, joyous. So I had to go out on a limb yeah. and yeah. just freaking try. yeah. And
1: well,
2: I was willing to do that. Well,
1: I, I'm going to bring up the fact that we've known people, and I hear these stories all the time, about people who are very old, or maybe sometimes not so old, sometimes younger, and they've got a fatal disease and they know they're going to die and yet they quit yes and in that six last six months of their life or last few years they'll say i've been i'm happier now than i've ever been so when somebody's facing that down and yet there's they they're still like i'm gonna live a happy life here you know anybody can do it. that's exactly right you know i'm definitely thinking about a guy who had uh hep c uh, long ago, who went to the retreat, who was pleasant and delightful, and he stayed sober, and he had destroyed his liver to a degree that he died within a couple years. But he yeah. was he was a happy dude, and and I've known other people like that. Oh yeah, Me yeah, too. we've
0: had we've had a few come through the retreat like that, um, who knew that they were terminal uh, with one illness or another, and they're like, I just. You know what they're what they envisioned their their happier future was. I'm gonna spend time with my family. Yeah. I'm gonna. That I'm gonna, was a,
2: that is a theme with yeah, them. Yeah. I'm gonna.
0: I'm gonna feel better. I'm gonna reunite with people that maybe I I've had, you know, terrible relationships with. Yeah. And um and it they really do it. It's well, it's pretty remarkable.
1: Now I can imagine some listeners. <laughs> who are really hopeless, thinking, I wish I'd get that terminal <laughs> illness.
0: God, no. no I'm, you don't I, ask I mean, I, I the know.
1: people come I and know. they tell me all the time, I, I wish I would get arrested for drunk driving because that would make me quit. Yes. Right? So I can imagine some people thinking that. Like, it has to be. Something but think dramatic. of, like, Queen Latifah's movie, Last Holiday. Yes. She mistakenly, they give her the wrong yeah. test results. She yeah. thinks she's going to die. She goes out and takes all kinds of risks in life. And Spends
0: all her money. Great
1: things <laughs> happen. And her spirit is renewed. You don't, like, you can get up and do that. You, any day you can get up and live today, like, it's the last day of your life. That's yes. exactly right. You That's can exactly. say, there's got to be something better than, like, feeling completely sick on alcohol on my yes. couch all day.
0: Yeah. You,
2: you can say that at any point and go make it happen. Um, you know, it's, it, it's funny because when I start my day now, I have such a good life like I have such a good life and and I know that I could make a lot of decisions where that would all go away right Mm -hmm. yeah I mean I could I've lived a much darker life at one point but what I do is I get up every day I legitimately do this I go for a walk I say my prayers whatever and I challenge myself and say, what opportunity exists in front of me? What am I going to do today? What am I actually, what task am I going to do to make my life better? Anybody can do that because I started with nothing. Yeah. Nothing. I mean, literally nothing. No relationships left in my life. I mean, I was, it was as barren as it gets. And I, I built a good life for myself. And it didn't take that long once I made the decision.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm.
2: anybody can do that. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think I think what happens, and that's and that to bring it back to the recovery to what it means to be free, when you when you wake up every day with the thought of, oh, I'm powerless. <laughs> yeah, I'm. Yeah. you know, I have to be careful today because I I can remember, I was driving home from an AA meeting, and there and I had somebody in the car with me, and I don't I don't remember who it was. It was somebody I knew from AA, and there was a picture. Uh, and I don't drink beer I'm just saying mm-hmm. there was a picture of a beer bottle with like it was summer with like beads of sweat and it was like <laughs> ice cold you know that picture yeah, that they course, have course. and the person in the car with me was like wow that would be great right now <laughs> and I'm like what are you talking about it's like this beer bottle <laughs> Bottle and i'm like oh i think beer is gross but that's that's the mentality that you have oh you can't even look at a billboard you can't yeah you know yeah. and so, so you really what moving on means is that i apparently i had already moved on because that billboard didn't do yeah. anything to, for me but <laughs> but
1: what facilitates the moving on right and what you're saying is you instill this i have to be afraid of yes. drugs and alcohol i have to quit them I got to work on recovery you, you instill that mindset and you're oriented towards fear.
0: Yes, towards
1: struggle, towards sacrifice. And what we're saying is orient yourself in in this quest, in this choice towards happiness. If you can imagine being happier without drugs or alcohol or, you know, moderating them or whatever then you can do it. Yeah, the behaviors and, will follow. And, and the, everything else will follow. And that sounds so simple that people want to write it off. But at the end of the day, that's the truth. And when I, when I quit um, by coming to the retreat in 2002, I had been in rehabs, or one inpatient and a bunch of detoxes and a bunch of methadone programs and 12-step meetings. For five years, just struggling, 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 because it was always that I had to sacrifice and resist desire and all of that. And the message I got here was, hey, you can probably be happier quitting. Why don't you try approaching it from that angle? And uh, because you have a choice here, saying a disease. And for years, I was like, just delighted at how quickly I changed. And I would tell people... It's just a choice, you know. You can you gotta yeah. be, You can just be happier without. And people scoff. They get so angry. Yeah. And yeah. I had to start pulling back from revealing my enthusiasm because I know I pissed off people. Um, I know I definitely upset an aunt of mine um, because he, he, her son had, it was doing the AA thing, and. Um, and, and it really offends people and uh, it, it sucks to be scared off of giving that message and and we have to learn it's been tough to, to do classes with people mm. and to not just jump yeah to that because it it'll piss a lot of people yeah off that's right yeah that it's that simple but at the end of the day it's always that simple it okay. is that simple yeah and
2: then you just and once that clicks in your head, you move on. Yeah. 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 Now to get there, I just want to be clear, to get there sometimes takes a lot of dismantling of ideas that yeah. keep you trapped. That's why we call it the trap. So if you're in the trap, if you feel that saying it's just a choice is dismissive, that means you're in the trap. Yes, okay? So if I say, you know, it's just a choice that you can make and you can move on and inside that prickles you and and you're thinking, "God, that's such bullshit." Well, that means you're in the trap, buddy.
0: Right. I mean, that, you're buying into something. That's something in the construct. That's right, the matrix. The matrix. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we want to give you good news. I think, I think we're coming up on it. I think we can
2: close yeah.
0: this out. Yeah. Um, the good news is, is you can escape the addiction and recovery trap and move on with your life you really can thank you so much for listening today if you or someone you know is seeking help for a substance use problem or other habitual behavior because other things now seem to count as addictions or you want help in breaking free and moving past recovery you can reach us at 888-424-2626 or through our websites at thefreedommodel.org leaveaddictionbehind.com and soberforever.net. org has a bunch of free resources and information, including digital editions of our books, which we're still giving away. If you go to thefreedommodel.org forward slash products, you can enter coupon code freedom100 for the freedom model... Uh, for addictions book and family 100 for the freedom model for the family book and get those digital downloads for free or you can get paperback or kindle versions on amazon or one of the other online retailers and if you have questions you want to reach us once again that's 888-424-2626 or you can email us at info at thefreedommodel.org don't forget to follow us on social media including facebook twitter Instagram, LinkedIn, and subscribe to the Freedom Model YouTube channel. We're going to be posting a bunch of our videos, reposting them, um, coming up here in the next week or so, Um, so you'll be able to see those. We have three Facebook groups we started for people to discuss their experiences breaking free from addiction and recovery. They are the Freedom Model Group, Moving Beyond Addiction and Recovery, and Families Moving Beyond Addiction and Recovery. And there are some great leaving AA and deprogramming groups on Facebook as well.
2: If you need detox, we recommend Gallus Detox. That's G A L L U S Detox.com. GallusDetox.com. And uh, they're the, the company we work with um, on the West Coast. And they are in Scottsdale, Arizona, and now in Denver, Colorado as well.
0: Yes. From everyone here at the St. you Retreat and the Freedom Model, we wish you well. Until next time. Bye bye.